0: On, on this series about finding my psalm, and hopefully today we might find a new psalm for you to add into your record in Psalm 34. Uh, in Psalm 34, if you can turn to there, I'll be reading from uh, the New Living uh, Translation. I just want to highlight this one verse out of this psalm to help give us the uh, theme, if you will, and to focus on this psalm Psalm uh, 34. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, and uh, uh, the verses that I want to lift up is that beautiful verse I like right there, kind of right, almost in the middle, verse 8. New Living Translation reads it this way. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Praise God for as well. You may be seated. Amen. As you take your seat, you can help me announce to your neighbor. Tell them this: the Lord redeems. Lord, the Lord redeems. Who fears him? Who fears. Yeah, all right. Help me tell that to your other neighbor. Tell them the Lord redeems. The Lord redeems. Who fears him? Who fears. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, glory be to God. And oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Oh, taste and see. Oh, 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 taste and see. This song, I, I like this song for a couple of reasons. One, because it has that beautiful verse right there, and they, oh, taste and see. And and when it gets into about taste and see, it's not necessarily talking about uh, the senses of tasting and seeing, but it's implying of discernment or judgment or basically what? Discover for yourself the goodness of the Lord. Has anybody here discovered for (laughs) themselves? The goodness of the Lord. And when you have discovered for yourself the goodness of the Lord, somebody can't come up and tell you that God is not good because you know for a fact that the Lord is good. So when they walk around with down faces and being depressed and feeling upset, you can look at them and say, i look up to the hill. From which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. When they're feeling down and feeling low, you can let them know the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We can say all of this. Why? Because we have tasted of his goodness. Oh, glory be to God. And so looking at this text, again, in this psalm, as Psalm 30 has a heading to give us some background and some information about possibly about this psalm. One thing I like in this psalm, it says here is a psalm of David regarding the time he, pre- he pretended to be insane in front of Amalek, who sent him away. Let me give you some background here. If you go back and try to find the story, you'll be looking for Ambalak, you won't find that name. Uh, some suggest that Ambalek might have been the title of King Atkis of Gath, or also they and, and also it was the prophet that, that took care of him uh uh in and, and, and in I'm sorry, and Nob in the temple. And so here it is that G- uh, David is called to pen the psalm when he acted insane. Now It said he acted insane. So the question comes to Rise right, why did he act insane? Why was he acting insane? Well, yes, there's some good questions here. You go into 1 Samuel and you look at the 18th chapter, you find good old David Shepherd Boy defeating Goliath, and and once he defeats Goliath, they start singing a song, oh, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousand. Now that don't sound right. Because the king is the king, and the boy is a shepherd boy, but how all of a sudden the king only gets a thousand, and David gets ten thousand. And the word says that Saul didn't like that. And from that moment on, he started getting jealous because of David. But David was humbly serving Saul, and even that, you go after that, the 18th chapter, you can see how David becomes friends with Jonathan. And Jonathan and David become best of friends. Now, the trouble here is that Jonathan is the son of Saul, and Saul doesn't like his Jonathan's best friend. But Jonathan loves his daddy, looks up to his daddy, don't think that his daddy's up to no good. He even tells David that, my dad's a good man, he's not trying to kill you. David says, well, let's try this out. You go to the feast because he's trying to kill me, and you're going to find out for yourself. So tell him this. Uh, Tell him that I've gone on to do a festival with my my family and and see how he acts in my excuse. And do you understand that Saul got mad after the third day David wasn't there, that he threw a spear at his own son? Then Jonathan realized, oh, daddy's trying to kill you. (laughs) So then Jonathan helps. David escaped, and when David escaped, that's when he goes to Nob, the priestly town. That's where the tabernacle is, and that's where the, the priest is there. And, the, and David comes to the priest and says, oh, priest, do you have any food for my companions? The priest says, we don't have nothing here. But the show bread, the show bread is not just any bread. The show bread was the priest's bread. The bread by the sacrifice, holy, sanctified, set apart, not just for any commoner, but for the priest to eat and devoted wholly unto God. But the priest understood David was in need, and he gave him the bread. Then David asked this question. He says, hold up now. I, I need something else. I not only need some food. Is there any weapons here? He says, there's nothing here, but the sword of Goliath. David said, there's no sword like that in all the land <laughs> Give it here. And so he gave him some food, he gave him some provision, and he gave him some sword, he gave him some protection. And then David runs up. But yet, while David was there, somebody saw him. This, this Doeg, this Edomite saw David and, David, and this Edomite was the chief shepherd, and he saw David. And, and there's a little byline there saying how David saw him, and he saw him as he goes into the temple. And then he goes down to Gad. And he thinks he can get with the King and Somebody says to King Atkinson, isn't that the King David? He's killed his 10,000, saw his 1,000. Then David gets scared. He said he became fearful of King Atkinson at that time. That he started acting crazy. When he started acting crazy, he said he was scribbling on the walls, foaming on his beard, acting a fool. So much so that when they brought him before the king, the king said, do I need some more crazy folks? I was laughing. The king says, do I need any more crazy folks (laughs) with me? Let him go. And so once David got that, it said he went to the cave in Adam. And when he went to that cave, look closely within that text. When he went to the cave, it says those who were depressed, in debt, discontented, came to him. Oh, my goodness. And so if David penned this song from that experience, let's look at what happened to him. He feared for his life. His life was in trouble. Trouble was all around him for Saul was trying to kill him. Cat says, trouble even followed him, because after Doeg to Edom, I found out that David was there. Goes and tells Saul, I saw him. And now Saul goes there and says, hey, priests, come out. All the priests come out. And he says, did you show kindness to David? They says, he's a servant of yours. No, he has done you no wrong. Oh, Saul didn't like that. So he told his men to kill him. All his other men had good sins. But Doeg to Edom, my dead, low dog, dirty scoundrel, killed all the priests. But one, like his son, was able to, uh, the priest's son was able to run. And he told David with the ephahs, told him all that happened. He says, all this happened because of me. Stay with me and you will be protected. I will protect you. Let's look at this now. Trouble came on him. Misfortune came on him. Issues came on him. Calamity fell upon him. How could he get up? Where is he hiding? He's hiding in a cave, in a refuge, in a stronghold, trying to hide from the one who's pursuing him, trying to kill him. But yet he's able to pen these words, I will bless the Lord. At all times. His praises shall continually to be In my mouth. Look closely here at verse 4. It says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from what? All my fear. If you look back in the text, it says he became afraid of that king. Oh, terror came and gripped him. He was he was scared for his life. But he realized that God was able to save him from all his fears. Anybody here had some times that you were late at night up and you were trying to figure out how things are going to work out. Some fear has gripped you. It might have been the day before your surgery. It might have been the day before a job interview. It might have been the day before something else was going to happen, and you were just scared, wonder how your going to make it out but I'm here to remind you and encourage you just like David was in time of trouble he was in time of peril his life his, his very life was at stake but he realized that my God can deliver me from all my fear. he didn't say some. he said all oh, my fear my question is what you scared of <laughs> because there's no reason to fear anything but the Lord And when we fear him, look closely here in the text, when we fear him, it's not terror, it's not being scared, it's not being afraid, but it's a fear of love and respect and and reverence. So you can see the twist. David went from being scared of King Ackes and scared of Saul from being delivered from all his fears. And so he says, I will Praise the Lord at all times. I will continually speak his praise. It means I will make an effort. I will make an effort, oh, glory. I will make an effort to praise him every day, throughout the day. You understand that effort? Meaning not just on Sunday morning. But every day I will bless the Lord. When we have that word "barak," that's we you know the "barak" is to bless him or to kneel down, to extol him, to lift him up. I will bless the Lord. We might have heard that song "Barak," Hallelujah. You know, to bless him, to lift him up. And says, and look how it gets contagious. He says, "I will boast only in the Lord, and let all who are helpless take heart." And and some say, "Well, poor, right?" Or oppressed. What he's pointing out is not the sense of someone's uh, monetary position but yet those who know what i'm talking about who would not been there those who are broken those who are depressed those who are downtrodden. it says here that he would he is with those to help those and then come let us what lift his name together let us exalt his name together so look into his prayer I pray to the lord and he answered me in that good news that god answers our prayers Deliver me from all my fears, and those who look to him for help will be what? Radiant with joy. Means you will not be disappointed. That we realize in our times of darkness, in our times of depression, in our times of doubt, we can turn to a God that is full of light, and he will bring light to the situation. Isn't it good news to know that you can get light? Anybody ever been in a room when the lights get cut off on you suddenly? And all of a sudden, if the lights go out, you know, some things start, start, start going on, right? Especially when it goes out in the storm, you get real scared. Ooh. Lights go out during the day while nothing else going on. So, oh, the fuse just blow. Let me go out because you still got light outside. But if it's storming outside, it's already dark outside. And then it goes dark inside your house. Ooh. Where's the flashlight? I need some light. I need some kind of light. You got a match. You got a lighter. What do you have? Use your cell phone. Use something. We want some light. I want to let you know that in times of your life, when the darkness comes and surrounds you, there's light available. And it is right there. Just look up to the Lord. He can shine light on the situation. Those who look to him for help will be radiant and what with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my depression I pray to and the Lord what listen. He saved me from what all my trouble. I want you to understand here. David understood that God would not keep him out of trouble. Watch out somebody. But God can take him out of trouble. Trouble's going to come. Y- y- y'all can just help me preach your neighbor. Tell your neighbor trouble's going to come. But the Lord can deliver you. From all trouble. So, so, here I want you to understand that let trouble come. Cause it could come on all it wants. It could come with a horde. It could come with a clan. It could come with a gang. It could come with a group. But when trouble shows up, I want it to know that my God is still here. <laughs> and he can deliver us from all trouble. In his time of depression, remember in that text that says that it says the discontent, the debt, the depressed—all those deeds showed up to be with David. How the saying go? "Misery loves company." It isn't something how when we in bad state, it seems like we got more bad people around us. We just looking for somebody to build us up, to lift us up. In these times, this when you're going to find out that I can't look to you to lift me up. Only God can. I want you to realize there's going to be some times in your life that you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be an- angry. You're going to be stressed out. And nothing anybody says say is going to make you feel better until you take some time out to get on your knees. I said get on your knees. And just surrender down before the Lord and cry out to him. And then you might be able to say to some, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me. And you're going to find out that things start changing. All of a sudden, your countenance gets better. You start feeling better about yourself. You become ready because you found out something. You found out you're not by yourself. When people get lonely, nobody knows. I'm here to let you know that Jesus knows. All about your trouble. He he knows
1: all what you're going through. He knows the pain of sin and death. So he's gone through it so you don't have to. Just turn to him.
0: And so when you turn to him, when you turn to him, look what happens. You find something special here. It says, in my depression, I pray in the Lord, listen, he saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. What I want you to grab is that it's pointing out, and not necessarily saying an angel is all around you, but what it's saying that the angel of the Lord, which represents God, he's still here. And if God is still here, he's our refuge, he's our strength. That means, therefore, I got somebody looking out for me when nobody else is looking out for me, when nobody else got my back, and then when they do say they got my way back, I got a God who's a present help in the time of trouble. He's right there when I need him. And so I'm so glad he's always on time. And so when David realized, that's why I can see why he got that in that verse 8 right there, oh, taste and see. Uh, I've discovered for myself, anybody here discover for yourself how good God is. That when you discover for yourself, you start realizing there's some things in my life I have to change because of his goodness. And so he says, I fear the Lord, I fear the Lord, you his godly people, you his holy people, you his saints. For those who fear him will have all they need. Oh, Lord, all you need. One thing I like about all you need here is it reminds me of Paul. And when Paul wrote his letter in Philippians, he was in prison. And the Philippians, they were giving him gifts and they're supplying for him. And Paul pointed out to them and said, you know, I'm broke. <laughs> And, and so Gracie rose out to her and says, you know what, I don't have anything to give you, but I pray that the Lord my God can supply all your needs. He understood, I don't have anything to give you, but my God can supply all your needs. That's why we like that 23rd number song, the Lord is my shepherd, I, shall not want. Sometimes it says I won't be in need of anything. Why is that? Because God is providing for everything that we need. Now, the word want is there, but the want is a meaning of a necessity. The problem in our lives, we want some stuff that we don't need. Anything new come out, we want it. Don't need it, but we want it. Something more shiny than my cars out there, don't need it, but we want it. A bigger screen TV came out. If you just bought the last one, we don't need it, but we want it. There's a lot of stuff out there that we want. But if we start going down to the bad necessities, we're going to find out that all I need, God's so enough has provided for me. Just look at some things that's been some good things in our life. Let's look at it here. Some of us are clapping our hands. That's a check right there. I can still move my limbs. Thank you, Jesus. I can check that one
1: right off. Some of y'all are talking to me. Hallelujah. My lungs are still working. I can breathe by myself. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lot of things in our lives that we need, that we forget about, but so no. God is loud. Air is still circling. Your blood still working. Your heart still pumping. Your arms still moving. So no. I got what I need.
0: And so we start looking how we have no need because he's with us and even he points out the contrast. I love the psalm, the contrast. here. Look at the contrast. It says the strong lions sometimes go hungry but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Y'all see that? And what it's pointing out here, this lion is a poetical way to look at the rich and the strong and the mighty. From afar off, it looks like the rich have everything. But it's pointing out to us that they don't have as much as they think they have. <laughs> because they become weak and hungry, but we no. And check this out David's is hiding in a cave. Hiding in a cave. And yet he's trusting God's gonna provide for him. Let me give you some other way of provision here. We have our house and our refrigerators. And we have a fool with food and we sit down and say, I'm hungry. Which translates means I want to eat something that's not in the house. And so we have all this other stuff, but when we want
1: some other stuff and we bring that other stuff, we still don't eat that.
0: But yet we start looking at how our God provides for us, we start being more appreciative of what we do have. And then we start slowing down and having a refrigerator full of stuff we don't want, keep on buying stuff. Come on, somebody. Because when you look at it here, that check it out. We have, able, we have the ability to go and store food in our refrigerator and have it for us to eat. in the times that we get hungry that we can make our lunch, we can make our dinner, we can do all these things. But I want you to understand, have you ever seen a bird make a meal? Hey. But Shona, does not God provide for a bird? Hey. So he can provide for the birds of the air. Hallelujah. And can he not provide for the ones he died for to set free? Oh, glory be to God. And so when you put in proper perspective, I I want you to tell yourself, I said tell yourself, because some of us can't tell ourselves stuff, but see if you can tell yourself that God has given me everything that I need. Mm. And if you could tell yourself that, check this out, you'll stop looking for other stuff. You'll be satisfied with what he's given you. So come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you how to fear the Lord. Listen here. Here's, here's how we fear the Lord. Y'all see this here in the text? Here, he has some text here, but I want to step up even more. Here's another command. First, in fearing the Lord, we magnify him. That's the first command he gives. He lists some other things there after, at verse 12. But I want you to first thing. he says, oh, magnify the Lord, right? In fearing him, we ought to worship him. We ought to honor him. Then, when we fear him, we need to decide for ourselves. Decide for ourselves with good judgment, good discernment who He is, and when we fear Him, we will awe and respect His judgments, and realize that I need Your discernment, God. I need Your laws. I need Your precepts. And then watch this: when I fear Him, I also will watch my mouth. Then keep your tongue from speaking evil, and your lips from telling lies. I just want that one to sink in for a little bit. How much more in fearing God, we, we honor him by the words that come out of our mouth. And this is what, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Seek peace, pursue it. That's why Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. We ought to be looking how to make peace. And look, look at this down here. He's telling you why you ought to fear the Lord. Why should you fear the Lord? Because what? The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Mm. And so in the times of our issues and our troubles, one thing we can have peace and know is just that he hears our cries. But the wicked, the wicked in trouble. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. Now, to us, that don't mean too much. But in the the modern times text, people knew they want to be remembered. So they wrote their names on stones, on pillars, on all kinds of things so that their names would be remembered. And if your name was blotted out, it means that you did not exist. And so when names were blotted out in history, this is what they did. They would take an ink splot and they would spill it on everything so that you could not read what was there. To remove you from history. And so it was pointed out that the wicked, they will suffer, that they will not be remembered. They will be forgotten. They will not be the heroes, but they will be forgotten and look how I hear. He will erase their memory from the earth. But the Lord hears the people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from what? All their troubles. But the Lord comes to rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Clamity will surely overtake the wicked. And those who hate the righteous will be what? Punished. But the Lord redeemed those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. When you look at this latter part, we we, some of us might remember when it says not one of his bones were broken, and referring to Christ. And when it's referring to Christ, it's referring to how he was the perfect Passover lamb. And the perfect Passover lamb, when they cut the lamb, its bones were not broken. And, and so it shows how Jesus was that perfect sacrifice, that even to his bones were not broken. But yet, if this text is applying to us, what it means is this, that if our bones are not broken, it means this, that whatever fell upon us, it did not break you. It means that he has protected you. He has strengthened you. He has encamped around you. It says that those who, are, who trust in the Lord find what refuge in him, and they will not be condemned, but the wicked will be condemned. That's why we like Romans 8, chapter first verse. Now, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Look closer here in this text. To get in refuge, you've got to be in something. So if you find refuge in Jesus, oh glory be to God, you're going to find that there's no condemnation. What mean there's no condemnation? There's nothing to fear. Most of the things that we fear in life is death and calamity, things that's going to harm us and and bring forth death. You know, death means cease of life and and things that we fear, right? A death of a relationship, a death of a child, a a death of your job. You just got fired means you have no money coming when we fear death death. We are doing all that we can to hold on to it so that it can stay alive. I want you to grasp something very closely here just like the psalmist understood that the time I try to hold on to stuff I found out I was losing grip but when I cried
1: on to the Lord he delivered from all my troubles from all my fears. I found out the wicked that are trying to get me. They're going to suffer their problems but my
0: Lord is my refuge. He's a present help in the time of trouble. He's going to restore me. Look how many times he used it in the song. My God will deliver me. He
1: will redeem me. He will rescue me. He will save me. He will protect me. Keep on looking in that text. Every time he's talking about what God is going to do. If anybody here knows how good he is? That he is my deliverer. He is my provider. He is my protector. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, look up to him and find out that he He's your refuge. Good day now, son. May the Lord bless you real good. on your way home, you ought to testify how good he's been to you. You ought to shout unto heaven. You ought to tell somebody, I've been broke. I've been down. I've been sick. I've been here. But I tasted his goodness. I seen his deliverance. I know. I know that I know. How do I know? Because he's done it for me. Oh, good day, hallelujah. Good day now, Zion. We ought to bless him. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, may the humble folks thereof, let us know that those who are poor, those who are broken, that
0: God can restore you. Troubles
1: may come,
0: but he'll deliver us from them all. Is he your deliverer? Is he your deliverer? Is he your deliverer? Yeah. Say yeah! yeah.
1: Say yeah. yeah! Say yeah! Oh, hallelujah!
0: He's our deliverer. Let's pray, Lord, we come right now, oh God, just rejoicing, in God. You are our deliverer. You are our saving grace. You are our power. You are our strength. Lord, when we are weak, we have nothing, God. You have everything. You are the... Perfect provider, the great protector, the great I am. Lord, there might be someone here who says today they want to know you, they want to taste and see of your goodness. Oh, Father, we pray that we can celebrate with them and they will magnify with us how great you are, Almighty God. We lift you up, Almighty God. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How great.